Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 7, Episode 8, titled Conjoined Queens. My name is Joe Batanch from the podcast Catching Up, and I am joined by my amazing co-host from the podcasts Big Silly Homo and Cocktails and Cream Puffs. Please welcome Donna Elizabeth Sugars. Yes. I love how you remembered my middle name. Oh, Thank who you. Oh, forget it. I know. Oh, I know. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, goodness. Just the two of us. It seems almost fitting that I'm doing a podcast with a Joe. <laughs> yeah, because... the Joe that I'm used to, but the Joe that I know. Well, the, 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 the host of your other show is also named Joe. Yeah. So uh, now our usual co-host, Daniel Brewer, is in Wisconsin, and he meant to join us today, but he's having some sort of internet trouble, and so he swears... If he's in a hotel, I'm sure it's terrible. Yeah, why is the internet in a hotel so bad? Because they don't want you in your hotel room. They want you, like, buying internet. They want you, like, buying porn on the TV or Uh, out in the bar. They gave you good internet. You wouldn't pay for anything there. That makes sense. Yeah, so I talked to Daniel on the phone. He was saying, because I was like, well, can't you do this? Can't you do that? But even the part of it is he couldn't even download the episode. So he saw That's it at a bar. Yeah, he saw it at a bar, sort of, but they were being loud because I guess it was a big Trixie Mattel crowd. And so people were oh. just going crazy. Yeah. This well, week this was the week for Hello, My Prediction. I know. Yes. Like, you're prescient. You're the regular Gene Dixon. I'm making an old, I'm, the, the, the week I make a Gene Dixon old timey reference, and Daniel's not here to appreciate it. This week, Latrice Royale returns for no reason whatsoever, and all seven eliminated queens show up for a chance to return to the competition. To no one's surprise, Tempest Du Jour and Sasha Bell drag their partners, Ginger Minge and Jaden Dior Fierce, to the bottom two. Even less of a surprise, Trixie Mattel returned and Jaden Dior Fierce was sent home packing. Ms. Donna Sugars, any initial thoughts on the episode? I do not. Well, I have to say that of the bottom two, I think that there was, unfortunately, a miscommunication. And for some reason, when she should have said Fane's name, she said Jaden Dior Fierce. I was really confused. Um, I would even have, frankly, as much as I hate Ginger Minj, I think fame was far worse. Yeah. So kind of a, uh, it was a happy episode, but also kind of a stupid episode. But, you know, it's sort of, I have a sort of similar feeling for different reasons. I was just telling someone today that actually the challenge was so clever and so good and so funny. It's probably one of the best challenges they've had in a couple of seasons, but flip that with the fact that it was so we all knew thanks to donna sugars that trixie mattel was coming back it seemed on a normal episode that Jaden dior fierce or miss fame should be the one going home so there were really no surprises in fact and uh, i know uh, we were going to have a guest co-host today and he was going to talk about this uh but i agree is really come on let's be honest it it, should have been katya and mrs kasha davis as the winners and uh but they wanted yeah, to bring Trixie back. Well, Donna, as we all know, there's always time for a cocktail. Wait, little technical question. You sound really low now, Donna. I sound low. What happened? Now, we happen to have an engineer all the way from Arkansas, yeah. Mr. Adam Burns. Adam, you want to chime in here? Why do you think Donna's so low? Uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. There you go. Better? Okay. 
I like how everybody, all the listeners, their impression of Adam's going to be like, uh, uh, <laughs> all I was going <laughs> to say is there's some volume on your end uh, because it's not you. I expect that I'm using my headset today. Does that ah. sound, does that sound the same? Oh no, it sounds that's, better. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. That's because I'm... this is my microphone instead of this giant professional mo- monstrosity. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that's I could fix it. Is. You you guys continue, continue. <laughs> <laughs> After Max's elimination, Jaden washes off Max's lipstick mirror message. Stay kind, stay gracious, stay humble. I love you, darlings. XX Max. The girls gather in the workroom and discuss who they want to see return. The next day, Ginger, angry about the prospect of a returning queen, tries to rally the girls together. Say that, like, we'll all band together and go on strike. Yes, we shall not, we shall not do drag. (laughs) Say. Okay, Ginger, I'm really hoping that's a hunger strike, bitch. (laughs) Well, you know what's so funny is Ginger Minge reminds me so much, and we've talked about this on the show, as your other co-host named Joe. And look, that they both, something didn't go their way, and they went on strike. And uh, quit. they wanted to quit the show. Here's the thing. Did, did they think this was going to work? It seemed like this was... If you watched Untucked, did you get a chance to watch... It was any, I mean, I don't... Do you, were they really serious about it? I think it was just Ginger Minj being a fucking asshole. Did you watch Untucked on it? I have not had a chance okay. to watch Untucked, They get more into I've this. been in the process of moving. I'm sorry. They get more into this in Untucked. And it seems like Ginger was being very, very serious. She she talks on Untucked about how she really tried to get some sort of – now, I don't think they were going to really go on strike. But it seemed like Ginger really wanted to get together a group of the girls and talk to the producers and sort of put their foot down. But they didn't Good. Work. You know what? I wish Ginger had done that. I wish Ginger had talked to all those dumbasses into leaving so that they could just give the crown to Trixie now and we can save ourselves three more boring episodes. Well, it's true. What's so funny is, did they think like, oh, we're going to go in there? Because obviously they they plot out this show way before those girls even get there. So do they think like they're going to go, okay, we'll just give up an entire episode that we already have plotted out because you're mad because of something that uh, of a game we're playing on the show? Yeah. Welcome to the game. If you can't handle it, leave. Bye, Felicia. No one's going to miss you. Yeah. So I think, yeah, at first I thought the strike thing was... A bit of a joke too, but no, I think it seemed like Violet. Violet seemed to be part of this too, but they were really upset and they wanted to. But here's the thing: if you were going to really do something like that, it's something you would have to have all seven queens do it, and still they would just fire your fucking ass and bring all seven queens back, the other ones, yeah, and then just choose from them. Yeah. So that was a really silly move. Um, Okay, for the mini challenge, RuPaul brings Latrice Royale back for a surprise visit. Latrice! It's like seeing Sharon Stone, except, you know, fat and black. <laughs> that was Katya. I, I fucking love Katya. Oh she my was God. really I, on fire this episode. She was. This, this was all about Katya. It really was. Titled Orange is the New Drag, this week's mini challenge had the girls create their best prison couture. Ex-convict Latrice got the game started with her signature catchphrase. Get those nuts away from my face! <laughs> Wasn't that from an episode from a challenge she did where she was dressed it as a was. prison guard before, right? It was the acting challenge where she was out of her comfort zone and she was told by the director directing her, just go out there, just go out. And and he said, I could make this into an entire series. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I would. I'm, it, it is so funny to hear her say that. In the end, Kennedy Davenport with her ashy knees won the mini challenge. Now, this is a mini challenge. We don't get to see a lot of these, Donna, but it had to do with a look. They had to create a look. This time it was prison couture. What were your thoughts on this challenge, Donna Sugars? I thought it was kind of, I mean, it was another, It. <sighs> I found that they're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel for ideas here. This reminds me of the challenge where they were taking the Snuggies and they had to make them into something couture a few seasons back there. I think that they kind of rose to the occasion. They put out some funny stuff. I think I, I think the, the person who should have won won because she was all ashy, which I, I'm sure was her natural state. Um I mean, and she, I mean, she even ashed underneath her chin and everything. Her yeah. knees were ashy as hell. And yeah, and she looks like she served some time in prison. So that just, it just worked out. Yeah. And so. people, you know, on the internet, people were really, really in love with the nickname that Miss Fame got, which was Pink Sad Eyes. I didn't see what was so fucking funny about that. I didn't find it funny, nor did I find her outfit <laughs> any good. So yeah. Yeah, I, I think- I'm see. I'm I've grown to. I respect her as a drag queen, but I don't get what everyone sees. Well, maybe it, it's just me. Yeah, this can come up later, but you know, maybe we can talk about this now. So I think this is going to be a thirty-minute episode. <laughs> it's funny how much Daniel talks on the episode. I'm like, wow, we're buzzing right through this. Um, but you know, on on Untucked, Kennedy gets into a conversation that I didn't pull the clip because you know, on Untucked. It's hard to pull clips because they don't really boil it down. You'll have a three-minute clip, and I'm not going to play a three-minute clip on here. But and they jump back and forth a lot. Between they do, blunt, yeah. So it's it's really tough it's to do. It's a rough edit. But on Kennedy Davenport was talking about how you know one of the criticisms she got was that she is a pageant queen, but yet she points out that every time she's won a challenge, it's been for comedy, and she wants to know not only that. Miss Fame chimes in here, and I want to get your thoughts, Adam. She says, well, but she almost makes the point, well, what's wrong with being a pageant queen? Not everything has to be a comedy challenge. Not everything has to be a comedy queen. There are other types of drag queens besides comedy queens. And, of course, Miss Fame had a lot to say about that. What do you have to say about that, Donna Sugars? I I think if you look at who's won, you've had a very wide gambit of people who have won. You've had very – you've had beauty queens. You have not had a real pageant queen win. You have seen mostly people with real talent. I think pageant queens are their own type of drag. It's just not my kind of drag. Now, let me ask and you this. Do you think you diff- can- it's just different? That's that's the thing. I've heard that term bandied about pageant queen. What is is, is there a definition for that? How would I know a pageant queen if I were to see one? Because they perform in pageants. Oh, but there's, I mean, not, there's no they- specific look to them or pageant queens. Okay, depending on this is this is when Joseph Buhecker should have been here because he himself performed in pageants and was a title holder for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different pageants, and these queens are almost too perfect. Most of them will have lips and cheeks and various implants. Some of them get fake tits. Some of them go a, a long way to to be this perfect thing, and their makeup is it, it's too perfect and there's a very distinct makeup style that you see with the pageant queens if you look at the the makeup done by kennedy and jasmine Mm -hmm. that's pageant it's it's very pageant it's done in a very specific way and it's they almost do it that way every single time 
Like these these girls, it's paint by numbers. They do yeah. that makeup every time. In the drag community, is that seen as a negative or is it seen as one no. type of queen? Okay. Frankly, I don't when it comes to the drag community from from my little <laughs> interaction with that community, um pageant queens are just another type of queen. If, depending on where you are. When I was in St. Petersburg, Florida, pageant queens like were the fucking top of the shit. But, but because in the South, pageants are huge. Yeah. Right now, it just saying that you were on drag race is huge. Yeah. That's it's that's become kind of its own category of drag. But it's like you go to areas and you will see every type of queen. You will go to New York and you will see some pageant queens. You will also see a lot of comedy queens. You'll see these um I I, I don't even say this omnisexual where they're kind of still boy but still girl no tits kind of very couture kind of drag you mm-hmm. see different types of drag everywhere some is regional some is not hmm. it's different we have every every color of the rainbow i don't know i wish i knew more about it but let's move on as promised uh yeah. during the main stage maxi challenge rue brings back a former contestant to no one's surprise trixie mattel walks into the workroom but it's a trick in reality, RuPaul has brought back all seven of the eliminated contestants. Katya is not too happy about that. <laughs> God damn it! Everyone is back. All 14 of us. Back from commercial, RuPaul explains the main stage maxi challenge. That's right! I invited back all of the eliminated queens. Which one gets to stay? Well, that's up to you. For this week's maxi challenge, each of you will be paired with an eliminated queen. And you'll be in charge of making her over as your twin. As your conjoined twin. Oh my god. Oh. Eliminated queen in the winning pair will return to the competition! <laughs> Donna, your thoughts on this challenge? I, th- I think it's a good premise to a challenge. It still forces the queens that are in the challenge to work hard because they want to win. And most of them were paired with someone that they were semi close to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you see that they, they're working hard. Like if you look at, at Kennedy, Kennedy chose hers. She wanted her friend back. She wanted Jasmine back. So you see, you see that they are going to work hard to get these queen back, mm-hmm. even though in the end they, they really just want, they want their friend back, but they also want them to be eliminated. <laughs> like everyone wants to win, but Hey, if you can go down this road with your friend for a few more episodes till you boot her off more power to you. I was actually kind of glad one. I'm sick of the fucking acting challenges, which if you saw the previews for next week, there's another acting challenge next week. Yeah, unfortunately, this season is 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 really bad. There's there's a lot of weird choices for episodes, and I, this season seems to be very weird in general. Without ever getting into editing, I don't know what choices are being made, but this is a very weird season. And they, if this is how the show's going to continue, I can't see it lasting much longer. I really can't. 
I really think it's laziness because I think it's easier to write an acting challenge than it is to do any other kind of challenge because the other ones take some sort of cleverness or, you know, imagination. This one you can like, okay, how about them? Hmm, now we're going to put the Queens in an old movie, you know, I, or now I, we're going to put the Queens in an also, old it's sitcom. It's laziness, but I think that it's, unfortunately, it's kind of leaning towards certain Queens. So you get to a point that you're like, is are these challenges specially made to get rid of people that you don't want to win? Like it's a very confusing kind of feel because you look at it and, and most of these challenges are really geared towards beautiful, funny people. I mean, come yeah, on. it seems like lately it's sort of been that way. And, but uh, I am, but again, speaking to this challenge, um, I would say this challenge was actually, again, one of the better challenges I've seen for the past couple of seasons. It was a really interesting challenge that there'd be conjoined twins. Cause usually they'll pair up a queen with like a straight man or like an ugly woman. But this time they had to do makeup and make another drag queen look like her. And especially one where there was so much at stake. Again, I think it was one of the best challenges they've had in a while, even if it wasn't necessarily with the best cast. I think there was kind of a weird, like, I think that it's, it, it was such a funny idea because we just got out of American Horror Story where there was conjoined twins in a very fun way. And they, and it, that's what, that's what I kept going back to was this American Horror Story. And I almost missed, like, I almost kind of wish that the judge for this episode was the person who played the conjoined twin from American Horror Story. Like, it just would have kind of made it for me, but Sarah uh, Paulson. Yes. Oh. I love her. Who was that mystery um, voice? Thank you, voice of God, for coming you, in voice. and giving us the answers. <laughs> um, oh. Well, that would have been interesting. I don't watch American Horror Story, but uh, but yeah, I know there was some sort of circus theme this season, correct? And you're yes. wishing that and she... There was, the... and, and there was conjoined... And she played both conjoined twins in a very fun, edited way. It was a, amazingly done. Uh, let's move on. As the winner of the mini challenge, Kennedy got a special advantage. All right, Kennedy, who's going to be your twin? Jasmine. Why I gotta be black? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kennedy, who do you choose for Ginger? Sasha. Hey, girl. Kennedy, who do you choose for Pearl? Trixie. <gasps> Yay! <gasps> Who do you choose for Miss Fame? Candy. Mwah, mwah. All right, Kennedy, for Katya. Kasha. Hello, darling. Who do you choose for Violet Chachki? Max. Now, the suspense is killing me. Who did you pick for Jaden? Tampa. Kennedy knows exactly what she's doing. I could see the cogs turning. There's nothing physically alike about the two of us. And I'm not doing blackface. It kind of would have helped. <laughs> I think it would like, have. I mean, let's, let's throw that out there. Like, if she had done a little, little bit of a darker foundation, that might have helped a little bit. It came up a little bit on the show, but it came up big time on Untucked, where Tempest confronted Kennedy on Untucked about her choices before we get to that though uh donna what did you think of kennedy's choices do you think they were strategic for her or do you think she was just trying to do uh, the best job possible i i think that the only one that was strategic in a negative way is that i really think she gave ginger the boob contestant because i mean 
<laughs> Considering they were joined at the boob, that's funny. Uh, Sasha Bell, I think, is probably one of the worst queens this season. And oh the fact God. that he, Ginger was immediately given Sasha Bell was like, I, I think to Kennedy, Ginger is her main competition. And I think that's what you saw with this challenge. Um, because if you look at it, Katya gave Kasha Davis uh, and Kasha Davis are a great pairing because they're both funny. Violet and Max, it was kind of a throwaway because they're both kind of skinny and pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, Trixie and Pearl, I think, was a hysterical match. I think that I don't think there was any real thought to it. I just think it was like, okay, whatever, so together. And then it was like, oh, okay, we'll just throw throw the white dude to Jaden since that's all that's left. She doesn't care. I think the only one that was strategic was Ginger. Yeah, and that's one of the points Kennedy made was if, you, if she goes point by point on Untucked. And yeah, if you think about it, Kennedy and and, Jay, and Jasmine, that sort of works. Uh, Violet, she said she tried to go with people who they might kind of look with each, at each other, well, like each other, or help each other. Or they they work I mean, well Vi- together. Violet and Max could easily pass for each other in in with the right makeup, which they did. They did a mm-hmm. wonderful job of. And I mean, Katya and Cash and Kasha Davis, I mean, really were hysterical. Hysterical. And so I don't know if Kennedy fully expected that, but it was great. But it's one of these things, though. It's, it's funny is. Uh, wait, hold on for a second. It's one of these things where, uh, you know. She's left with Jaden and Tempest, you know? Yeah. And so at some point, who is Tempest going to go with? Yeah. And those tall white dudes that are left. Tempest was sort of trying to read something into it, and and there really wasn't that much into it. I mean, that's that's who she had to choose from. And she sort of basically said she felt Jaden could turn it out if it was with Tempest, and obviously. uh, And also, she was the first queen gone, so she was the queen that everyone knew the least. Yes. So there, there was no connections made over episodes. She was the first gone. Yeah. And I, I actually kind of think she was a weaker queen based on what I saw this week. I think, I think it was kind of good for her to go early on. In the workroom, Ginger welcomes her partner, Sasha Bell, and then immediately gives up. The greatest line in Drag Race. All right. I'm glad you're back. If anybody had to come back and be my partner, I'm glad it's you. <laughs> That's a fucking lie. I'm not happy to see any of these bitches walk back in because I have fought too hard for my spot here to have somebody go take a month-long vacation to come back and join the race. So what are we going to do, girl? It seems like everybody else is going to be, like, joined at the hip or joined at the head or something. We got to do something that stands out. different. Okay, okay, we could do this. We can make it work. <laughs> what if we connect at the boob? Like, just share one big boob? Yeah. No, I like it. Yes, we need to be funny, but, you know, it's a design challenge, so we actually have to look good, too. Sasha Bell don't sew. I don't sew. So, I don't know what the hell we're going to do to make this sewing challenge work. It's season eight, bitch. Learn to sew. <laughs> yeah, how do you in not know to sew? In class and an annex. Even if you hand stitch something, it's not that hard. We're going to revisit this, but do you think at this point, because it comes up again in Untucked, that they said that as soon as Ginger, the, the second from this moment the challenge started, Ginger had given up? I don't think that she had given up. I think that she was just, she was left with someone. 
I've said from the very beginning that I believe Sasha is one of those people who has watched every episode of Drag Race, and the only reason she got into drag is because of Drag Race, and her only life ambition was to get on Drag Race, and she has no creativity, no original ideas. Every outfit you saw her in, every wig, everything you got was shit she bought on eBay. Like this, there's nothing creative or new about her. She is a manufactured RuPaul, RuPaul's Drag Race queen. That's like a it. super fan who who, who got yeah. the show. I mean, really, that, that's the perfect way to describe her. Is that's exactly what she is. So, of course, she sit there and stared at the ceiling until Ginger came up with something. Ginger, I I don't think she gave up, but I think she was exhausted because she was doing all the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, with with her own bulk plus the challenge. I, one thing I will say though, I didn't realize this. Sasha's pretty good looking. As a oh, boy. he's not a bad-looking dude. No. I Terrible drag queen, though. Terrible. And everything about his drag. It's awful. It's literally awful. So, Unfortunately, I know too many queens like him. Oh, do you really? Is that the... Several, would you say that's... There's queens that kind of got into it. They saw Drag Race, and they got really into drag, and they're like, I'm going to do drag. And then they go on eBay, or they go on Sequin Queen, and they buy a dress... And a ratty ass Halloween store wig, and they slap on some fugly ass makeup they bought at the CVS, and it's like, let's do this. Well, did you practice in your heels? No. Um, do you know how to style a wig? No. Like your makeup looks kind of busted. Did you practice? No, I just kind of did it this morning. Like it's really is just they felt like being drag queens, and they think that's going to be easy. It's not easy. Let me I ask- should know. I, me- I'm not that great, and I've been doing it for a long time. Let me ask you this question. Would you say that Sasha Bell's fears is the norm in the drag world? That's what you're going to really, really find? No. Oh. No. No. So it, the um, bar is they, set higher than Sasha Bell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the, I mean, the drag queens I've seen here in Buffalo are amazing performers. They make some weird decisions. They think that they're dancers when several of them are not. But they... They they set their own bar high, and their looks are always amazing. I've yet to see a drag queen here whose look isn't great. Some of them need some makeup tips. Of course they do. I mean, every make every drag queen has to learn makeup in their own way. But, yeah, no, her, that kind of queen is, unfortunately, far more prevalent in Los Angeles. Oh, really? I would think Los yes. Angeles would have really good drag queens. You'd be surprised. Um, because Los Angeles and Orange County and the Inland Empire are all so close together, unfortunately, you see a lot of mediocre queens coming into that area oh. and thinking they're going to get big and they go to little bars that have drag night competitions for newcomers. And then you get there and you're like, you busted. Like, you really just need Sophia Lamar there saying, you're busted. What? Okay, I, you're popping up a lot of questions. Question number two. Do you think Drag Race has produced another generation, a new generation of queens who only know Drag Race? Is that is that necessarily yeah. a bad thing? It's not a... Uh, it's a fine line. I would say that it's a bad thing because of Sasha Bell. Oh. Um, I say that there are... I'm sure that there is people who have realized this is my chance to be creative and have done creative things, and Drag Race has helped... I, I don't know. And unfortunately, until I see, I want to see the next couple of seasons of Drag Race and see what happens because I, I have a feeling that you're going to see a far more Sasha Bell types. Oh, really? I, I have a feeling because you really are. I mean, where else can you go? There are some drag queens who are adamantly against Drag Race because oh. they don't like what it is. 
there are some season queens that will never go on that show because they know they're not going to win. And they think that the show's really stupid. But then there are those queens that are like, I'll never go on that show. And then you find out they audition every year. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's, it's a phenomenon of itself. What city would you say is the best, or some of the best cities for drag? Maybe more than one. What are the? Because you're saying LA is not a very good city for drag. What, what are some no, great no, cities there, for drag? There are great drag queens in LA. I mean, some of my favorite drag queens are LA. I, I, I love some LA queens. Every city has a different type of drag. If you go to San Francisco, you're going to see a lot of different types of drag. You go to Portland and Seattle, and there are drag queens everywhere. I haven't been to many places. I have been to L.A., I've been to Vegas, and I've been to New York and Buffalo. So I know those drag queens. If I had to rate those cities together, I like my L.A. queens Mm -hmm. because they're fun. And some of them have started to branch out into doing live singing, more performance. Uh, I, I love uh, one of my favorite shows is you go to and there are some queens there that they it's like a Sunday brunch and they sing some gospel that will knock you on your ass. That's oh, great. really? Absolutely that's amazing. That's why I'm going to take Adam when he's visiting Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah. Drag queen gospel breakfast. Uh, let's move on. During the team visits, Miss Fame talks and talks and talks. She's got oh such a, a balance and a fearlessness about her. And I'm like, girl, your energy is just what I need. And there's been moments in my life where clear conversation, it's like it goes right in my head. And I want to be able to show who I am. Girl, just shut the fuck up. Just shut up. A long-running joke on the show has been that Miss Fame can't get Rue's corny joke. Rue has finally had enough and reads Miss Fame on her biggest weakness. So, Miss Fame, in the past, you've talked about just being too cerebral and in your head. Yeah. And in fact, while we're on, how is your head? You know, I was talking with her. I said, when you... See, now, that's it right there. So you just missed that joke. I missed... Wait a minute. Stop it. Stop it. You have to listen. I've said that to you several times. How's your head? The answer has been roaming around, but you have to listen. So I'm going to ask you again. Miss Fame, how's your head? Fine. I want to talk about Miss Fame here. I think we're coming to our end, the end of our time with Miss Fame. Uh, Donna, what are your, could she really be that stupid? I don't think it's that stupid. It's, I didn't, frankly, I'm watching this this whole time going, what the fuck does Rup, I don't understand what the joke is. Like, I mean, I, I honestly didn't get the joke until the runway when she finally gave the right fucking answer. And I'm like, oh, that's what Rue wanted this whole time. Oh, you didn't get it the whole time? Sexual reference. I, I, I honestly didn't get it. I didn't get that Rue wanted the sexual reference. How's your head? I, no complaints. Okay. I didn't get that. That's what she wanted. Hmm. So I would have been right there with her. Like, uh, uh, it's fine. It's kind of big. Needs a lot of makeup on it. Like, I, I, I wouldn't have known what to say. But she does think way too much. She overanalyzes I, yeah. everything. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to decide whether this if they're building her up to go pretty soon or if we're seeing she's going to be around for a while. Because I'm thinking – if I'm thinking in the future, if I'm thinking ahead, if I'm thinking about what's to come on Drag Race, it seems like her head seems to be nearer the chopping block than any of the other queens so far. Uh, But unfortunately, this was the perfect challenge for her to have been on the chopping block, and she wasn't. Well, I think they wanted. And she should have been. I wonder almost if they were trying to keep her for another week because they're trying to uh, 
because I think there is some unfinished business. But did is, is Miss Fame the one that grew up with not grew up but went to school with Trixie or somehow it, there's somebody who's connected. Two of the queens I are connected in some know. way. I, all I know is at certain points earlier in the season there was a lot of touchiness, and I'm like, are they yeah. all kaikaiing? Like yeah. I, I'm hoping so. Like don't think that it hasn't <laughs> crossed my mind, but um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's some oddness. In all this. right. Well, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about Miss Fame when we get to the runway look. During Rue's visit, Kennedy explains her choice of Jasmine as a partner. And why did you choose Jasmine? We come from the same background as far as dragons concerned. Okay. And plus, I can make her look like me. <laughs> if you're really good, Jasmine gets to stay. Yes, I really like that. I feel like she has a lot to offer this competition. Yeah. So hopefully we are the winner so she can come back. Wow. You don't whip it good. All look right. these hoes asses, honey. Bitch, don't fuck it up. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You all get back to work and uh, I'll see you in a minute. All right. Okay. All right. You see where the fire is, though, yeah. right? <laughs> Bitch, I'm back up in this piece. Now, I will say, I pulled this clip mostly in anticipation of what Daniel would have to say. Daniel was a fervent, fervent hater of Jasmine Masters. So I pulled some Jasmine Masters for Daniel to go to rant about. I don't Joey... know if you... <laughs> yes? <laughs> Joey swears that Jasmine Masters looks like a Muppet and swears that he uh that he looks like janice from the muppets like you know what he says i "I want you to put them side by side they look exactly alike i see that at the same time i'm just like okay whatever kind of over it like i'm kind of over her like i I, when when we when we talked about oh which queen do we think is coming back at no point did i ever think in my mind oh well yeah jasmine masters like i didn't even even cross my mind I only had one choice. Yet Kennedy really, really firmly believed, again, and this was like emphasized in Untucked, but Kennedy really, really was under the impression that Jasmine belonged there and should have been there. And I'll be honest with you, not that I felt she should have been there, but I thought Jasmine had a lot more to show. And to be honest with you, after this episode, I didn't really think so. I think we saw everything that Jasmine Masters had to offer. I I think, unfortunately, these bitches rest far too heavily. They, They... I hate the queens that are too much about the game, but at the same time, you have to realize it is a game. Yeah. Like, this is not summer camp. She didn't go home early because she got stung by a bee or something crazy. She got eliminated. Mm-hmm. Okay? She got eliminated because she didn't step up and do her job. Okay? if you, Look at it as a job. You have a job to do. Every week, you got another new part of your job to do. And when you fail, you get fired. The end. Like, I understand this. Well, she has more to offer. Well, if she had more to offer, she should have shown it to us when we she had the chance. Well, I think she went into this thing where she gave up. But you know what? If you're going to give up, then you weren't going to go very far. Wah. Yeah. I'm sorry. You send my ass to drag race. I ain't giving up for shit. Okay? I don't give a fuck if I got a traipse around there naked, even though that is one of my greatest fucking fears. You're going to see my fat white ass. I don't give a shit. I ain't giving up for nothing. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm having a moment. Daniel would have would have curbed this. I'm sorry. In the workroom, Violet pays Kasha a compliment, and Kasha shares her two cents about Violet's evolution. Is this you guys making it sexy? Or what is slutty? That was a compliment, not a read. 
I'm doing this thing now where I tell people that I'm, when I'm complimenting them in case there's confusion. The short period of time you've changed the most. Oh, really? You think so? I think that was sarcasm. No, in a positive way. Oh. I am most impressed with the change in Violet. I'm blown away by the difference in her. She's just so much nicer. She's not just biting and, and sending out insults. She's a contender, and I think that's a great thing. Uh, again, look, here's the thing. We're starting to see the editors change Violet. We're seeing her character change in the structure of the show and the narrative of the show where Violet was this total bitch and now she's becoming nice. I think they're angling for her to be, I mean, I think this is making a strong case that Violet Chachki is going to be in the top three. Donna, your thoughts. Unfortunately, Violet Chosky, like every season before, is one of those middle of the road people that has had a few instances to shine. And it's kind of just been middle of the path. Oh, I'm safe. Yay, I'm safe. Yay, I'm safe. Uh, and when you finally get to see her, like w- when there's no one else for her to hide behind, she'll fall flat on her face. Oh, I actually think that she turns it out on the runway that her weaknesses have been on the acting challenges or any of the yeah. weird challenges. But but if you look at it, she's constantly safe. Violet? Violet, I mean, really. One of the things she complained about last week was when she was safe last week with Pearl. That was the first time she'd ever been safe. It's it's one thing if they hate you and you know you're in the bottom. But it's another thing when it's she just kind of falls in the middle and everyone kind of sees this and they hate her. She doesn't get the same negativity that other queens have gotten. There are queens that get constant negativity and they know they're in the bottom because they're fucking hated. And then there's her that's just kind of like, oh, whatever. It's just not good enough. I don't know. I Maybe I'm just seeing it a different way, but I just look at her as one of those middle-of-the-road people that if she does, she's either going to step up and win or she's going to fall flat on her face and get kicked off at four. Oh, really? I think I'm calling top three. I'm saying Violet Chachki, right. top three. Here we go. Meanwhile, Sasha Bell fails to pull her own weight, and Ginger Minge pulls Katya aside to share her frustration. Come with me. I need to take a moment to process my feelings before I go all Yosemite Sam and explode. I love Sasha, but she's not pulling her weight. I'm not like a solo seller. I'm not good enough to do it for two people. Yeah. If I went home, I wouldn't expect to be brought back and given another chance. Oh, I know. They went home for a reason. Yeah. I'm just freaked out. If I go home, I want it to be because of something I did or didn't do. Right. We really got to do something to pull this together. Okay, this is not a team challenge. You are the contestant. If she got a problem, she needs to let Sasha know. Bitch, stop talking to everybody. Get over here and help me. That's all she had to do. Yeah, and you would think Ginger, based on the character that she sort of portrayed, would be the kind of person that would say, like, bitch, you got to come over here and help me. Do you? Oh, well, you don't want to talk about the editing. It it seemed like she was very frustrated. But also, she seems like the kind of person that would try and build an excuse. Like, this is why I went home. Yeah, no, it's 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 actually probably exactly what she was doing. But if you look at it, she's just like, I don't want I don't want to go home for something that I didn't do. Well, no, this is you doing it. You came up with the concept. You have to make it work. This is falling on you. This is your challenge. The fact that you're partnered with an exist an old drag queen that was kicked off instead of like an 80 year old man or a lesbian or a, a 
butch woman who's an athlete or a heterosexual guy that wants to get married. Like, you're still in charge. You're still the one that's in the contest. You need to step up. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hate that excuse. I don't want to go home for something that wasn't me. It's you every single time. It's what you present and what you bring forth. I'm going to tell you something. This Ginger Minj, though, uh, a friend of mine sent me a video of her uh, performing in a lip sync she did. It was actually really good. I actually do – as much as I don't like her character, she kind of grates on my nerves and her personality. She does – I don't know. What kind of drag would you call Ginger Minj? Because she's not, she not really a comedy queen, is she? Is there a musical theater queen? She seems very musical theater to me. Does she Does she sing? I don't understand. Does I don't she know. I, I, she doesn't, but I mean the performance style. Like for instance, in the in the li- in the lip sync that I saw that the, the video the friend posted, it's like a whole musical number with dancers and the story. She's lip syncing, but it's like almost like a music video on stage. That I mean, she's-, she's she's a performer like any other drag queen, but I mean the the fact that she has background dancers and all that that's nothing like new. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of drag queens that will get go go boys or dancers to come on stage with them and help them with a the number. Like it's, I, I I'm sure she's a wonderful queen. I've seen no videos of her because I really just don't care. Yeah, I I find that I I think that she is one of those queens that is on. Un- <laughs> I think that her looks are great. Her her performances are probably wonderful. I have a feeling she got a lot of help before she came on the show. Now, let me ask you this question, though. What do you think, outside of the universe of this actual podcast, she has a huge groundswell of support. There are a lot of people out there who are Team Ginger and really like her very much. I just don't get it. There's something incredibly fake about her. Uh So maybe it's just I see her and I, I... compare her with other people i don't know what it is i just look at her and see fake and i've seen that from day one daniel is right there with me yeah i mean we both acknowledge when she did a great job but there are too many times that like she everything is calculated but i don't know it's calculated in the wrong way Mm -hmm. it's hard to explain my hatred of ginger I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I wish I had a better explanation for it. I'm sure Daniel could probably explain it in a better way because he's right there with me. Well, exactly. You know what's so funny? When I was pulling a lot of these clips, I was like, oh, Daniel's going to have a lot to say about this. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to pull this clip. Uh, well, I, I feel like Daniel died. I feel sad. Like, it's elimination day, so it's time for the girls to get pensive. Kennedy reflects. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Before I get to I'm sorry. Kennedy's going to reflect on Jasmine in a second, but. It's a now we have like a triple threat here of like the serious. This is halfway through the episode. Once again, I looked at the timestamp 22 minutes in. Here you go. Kennedy reflects on Jasmine. I'm going to be back with my bitch Jasmine, but she's felt a lot of sadness ever since she left. I told her to hold her head up. You still have your dignity. You still are Jasmine Masters. And Jasmine tells me that no one has ever told her to keep her head up. Bitch, I tell you this much, if I get back up in here, I'm slain, bitch. Ain't nothing holding me. I ain't holding shit back. She had a bad run, but everybody I'm sorry, deserves what, what did she say? Can, can I get someone to translate and that I for do me? I believe she has a lot to offer this competition. Um, I hate to tell you this, but I think that um, <laughs> I, I have a feeling that Kennedy just revealed something that she shouldn't have revealed. 
Um, I get the impression from the conversation she had that they do see the queens. They are still in the same hotel. They're still around each other. Mm-hmm. Because you get because she got really down after she was thrown off the show. How would you know? Yeah. H- how would you know? And 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 where in this scenario did you give her this pep talk? Because had you given her this pep talk during filming, it'd be on film. They'd be going back to that. They would have used that clip somewhere. So I I, I think she just kind of spilled some tea, and they just they just kind of edited through it. Hmm. Yeah. Again, I th- again, I think they were trying to manu. They, I think that I hate this emotional shit in the middle of the show. I mean, essentially, I mean, like if it happens once in a while, it's genuine. But it seems so, so, especially this week, more than any other week, it seemed so producer manufactured. Like we it, need, <laughs> we need this created. And I know the next. I know exactly where the next clip is going. Yeah. Um, We'll so I don't it. know if you want to do to that and then I can. Yeah. Violet gets some wisdom from Tempest as closeted Jaden applies Tempest makeup. Has anyone ever painted you before? No. Especially yeah. someone who's so identical to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about what my sweet devout Mormon mother is going to be thinking about all this when she watches it. Of course, she's never seen the show, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did the whole like reparative therapy thing, like trying to turn straight. Mm-hmm. Oh like, dear. Oh yeah. Like I did the whole conversion wow. like to be a straight man therapy. It was horrible. It's all about like you've got to pray harder, you've got to fast harder, you've got to date girls. Like it's suddenly gonna turn you straight. Damn. It nearly destroyed me. Being able to talk about our personal issues and talk about our disastrous upbringings gives us an opportunity to show those kids who are struggling themselves that there is someone who can empathize with what you're going through. You know, like the suicide rate in gay kids is like way above the national average, right? It just, it just, it breaks your heart. It's it crazy. Destroys, it destroys well, lives. Well, lucky for you, you, you know, had a realization about who you were in yeah. reality. I mean, it's kind of a miracle and it's kind of something I'm really grateful for every day. If you can help one kid live another day, then it's worth it. Donna, you have thoughts. What are they? This is manufactured drama to the worst degree of manufactured drama. I think that this is one of those things that when they do your your interview when you come into the show, that they knew about this reparative therapy thing. And because she was the first footed off, they're like, well, shit, we didn't have to have – we didn't get our deep moment where we talked about reparative therapy and gay teen suicide. Oh, wait, she's back. We got to fit it in somewhere. Yeah. And if you look at it, like there are these manufactured drama moments that are just so st- – Stupid. Like I, I always think back to um, the season with Willem, and and now I can't think of the bitch's name. Uh, she was in the top three, and she was kind of the shady bitch. You know who I'm talking about? Willem season. That wouldn't have been. Oh, Fifi O'Hara. Fifi O'Hara. I think about Fifi O'Hara, and at one point, Fifi's like, "Well, I was in a car accident. Oh, and it was a terrible accident. Bitch, you got a DUI. Okay, let's not lie. You were driving drunk." Like, okay, Is that let's, true? Let's, let's call a spade a spade. And it's like, Raven, like, well, I have problems with the law. Yeah, because you can't stop driving while you're drinking. Like, it's like, oh, I yeah, just, and it's like, it's kind of like, they take like, oh, I stubbed my toe. Where's the music? Where's the music? Oh, God, the pain when I stubbed my toe. It was, oh, God, I don't know how I got through the day with the pain from my stubbed toe. It's like, it, it <laughs> it's ridiculous to me. 
And yes, compare, uh, reparative therapy is a terrible thing, but it's like, how can we fit this deep moment in? We have to get all the nuggets of, of all the nuggets of sadness out of these queens before we send them all home again. Like, well, it's like okay. You know, that's the thing, though, but I'm also going to criticize Tempest because there's something about Tempest having seen her on the first episode, having seen her on the first Untucked, having seen her on this episode and on the last Untucked, where she showed up with an agenda. She was going to be the older teacher. She's always teaching people and she's going to be like, I've done this and I'm going to teach you. Uh, she's she's punching. Pardon me? Joe, she's a teacher. Her job is a, a teacher. Yeah, but, she teaches sewing for a living. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it, there is that sense like I'm gonna go on. I guess I guess maybe she has that sort of teacher quality about her. But she goes on there. She's always gonna tell people how it is. And I sort of think like she had this. I think the, the reparative therapy was. I also think that it was also a producer manufactured moment. But she knew she wanted to talk about this. And since yeah, she, she had been booted, yeah, find a way to fit it in. Yeah. And she was going to try and cram that in no matter so, – someone could have said, like, anyone need a ride? She'd be like, did someone say suicide? Because uh, <laughs> she was <laughs> – Yes. So, I like, she was going to exactly fit that exactly in. But moving on, again, they got another third moment, and they couldn't go for one. They couldn't go for two. They went for three. As Pearl does Trixie's makeup, Trixie shares the heartbreaking origin of her name. Oh, I forgot about this. Shit. <laughs> I had a stepdad too, but we weren't really close. Mm -hmm. He was super abusive. I was over it. The police actually took me out of my home when I was like 15. Oh, wow. That's pretty sad. Yeah, it kind of sucked. I think especially with abuse in the home, you don't really have a clear perception of it because it's all you know. Right, exactly. I had a really hard time with my stepdad. Like, if I was being too sensitive or acting too feminine, especially, he would call me a Trixie. You know, for years, that was like one of the worst words I could think of. So I took that name Trixie, and it used to have all this hurt to it, and I made it my drag name, and now it's something I celebrate, something I'm so proud of. If I hadn't gone through all the horrible shit that happened when I was little, Trixie Mattel might not even exist. Okay, I actually forgot something. Can there be any queens that just come from a good home with two loving parents and happy siblings? No, I know. No, not. exactly. Well, look, yeah. And what the fuck does? How is Trixie an insult? I, I'm confused. Is like I, am I, is it something regional? Like is Trixie like a weird slang for faggot for some? Yeah, I, I don't. It's funny. I I was thinking the same thing. It seemed a little conf, It seemed a little convenient, but I I think it was a good story, even though if it was yeah. manufactured. And now, I, just now to completely go away from this sad moment, I, I have to say something about Trixie. Yeah, she has a gigantic nose, but. There's something still so incredibly sexy about her as a boy. Trixie I can't is a very sexy fully boy. put my finger on it. And I just I and I want to try. I think you want to put your finger in it. Now I want to go back to something that we mentioned earlier. I want to go back to this reparative therapy because Donna, you and I have a friend who actually would have a lot to say about reparative therapy having been through it. Um Ooh. I wish there were uh, I don't know if he wants to come on the air. But uh, I really wish there was somebody who Are you talking about me? Oh, Adam, have you been through reparative therapy? Not well. Wait, what? <laughs> it wasn't reparative therapy. I, I went to a um I went to uh this place um uh in California actually, and it was part of a church and I can't really call it reparative therapy though. I mean it was just uh, basically they tried to quote help you um, 
It's not that they try to turn you straight, but help you live with your urges, so to speak. So, so they didn't taser your balls and all no, that crazy no. shit? Okay. Did, it, they well, you, did they show you straight porn or anything? No, it no. was very tame, actually. We just went to church all the time. Like, every oh, time the yeah. doors were open and, you know, morning devotionals and prayers and, you know, church this and church that and and all this kind of stuff. Now, I did go, I went to a um, a therapist one time uh, who did tell me that I should, um, I should just masturbate, make myself masturbate to straight porn. He's like, mm-hmm. just no matter what you do, just, just if you're going to do it, you pull out straight porn and just make yourself do it. You know, now, I'm going to tell only, you something. I only no. went to him once. I'm going to tell you something. I would go to this therapist. I'll tell you why. I'm going to confess something. I love me some straight porn. If the guy's hot. Oh, I... okay. I, I got to admit it, too, um, because I am a sucker for a storyline. So if there's a good storyline, yeah. especially the parodies, the parodies oh, are, yeah. are my favorite things ever. Like oh the my definitely God. not whatever, like definitely not the Brady's or definitely right. not the Munsters. Oh, God. Uh, the Scooby-Doo one. Oh, I've never seen doc- the Scooby-Doo one. There's a Doctor one. Who one. There's a Star Wars one. Oh, God. Um, th- there's one that I because I'm kind of obsessed with that. What's his name? Something Dean. James Dean. Oh, he's very pretty. And he's he does one pretty. where he's like, he's his girlfriend is upstairs and he goes downstairs to get something to drink out of the fridge. And uh oh, his girlfriend's mom comes home. Oh, yeah. And, and then he's got a halfie and it's like, well, obviously my daughter didn't do her job right. It's fucking hysterical to me. At the same time, like, okay, he's hot, but it's just so funny to me. I love a storyline. I love shitty dialogue. It's my yeah. favorite part of the adult industry. Yeah. So More anyway, shitty dialogue. I love me some straight porn with a hot straight guy. I I just love to see him tear up some vagina. So I would have been totally behind that reparative therapy. Now, Adam Burns, when you were there at the at the church camp or whatever, did any of the campers hook up with each other? No, this was a very small program, and I was really the at the time I was the only one there, kind of going through that. It was very like a it was a just a little church outreach thing that they had. So, um, code for they were all ugly. No, there there was the there was the guy who ran it who was like in his seventies or something. So of course you know me, I'm not gonna go for that. Yeah. And then there was another guy who was training to, he was like the assistant to that guy and he wasn't my type either. And and there was no one else there. Um, Oh God, how unfortunate. Just me. So it was just me and like a 40 year old. And it was like, like throw a lesbian at you. Like, okay. My favorite part was I went ballroom dancing with, with this um, lady, this lady from the church who liked to go to ballroom dancing lessons. Were they trying to keep you gay? <laughs> that ain't gay. So I learned ain't nothing I, gay about ballroom dancing, apparently. And she was a Mexican lady too. Um, uh, her, her name was, I can't remember her name. I think it was Reina or something like that. But anyway, um, she, we learned salsa. We learned a uh, two step. It was fabulous. What's her name? It's Reina Men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Only that's on stage. Just, that's just kind of that's like religious counseling. Like I like I am almost tempted. Like I would love to go to those programs where they shock your balls and all that because I'm like, what is this supposed to do? Like, I mean, and short of you waterboarding me until I'm brainwashed, like I don't understand how that works. Like torture makes you like batch. 
I don't. I think. I think what they're thinking is going to be some sort of reverse Pavlovian experiment kind of thing, where you're going to associate bad There's things a dick with the shock. Along yeah. With vomit. Yeah. Some sort of thing like that. Now, Adam, I want to get into this. Adam Burns, you. I, I'm curious because you're listening because you're engineering the show for us because Daniel isn't here. But you actually hate drag queens, correct? I don't hate drag. Oh my god, I'm I'm sitting here on a show with Donna Sugars, right? And you're, yeah. No, I'm outing you. I I do not enjoy uh drag shows at all. Like I I don't I don't enjoy drag. I don't hate drag queens. I just don't enjoy the shows. Have you watched RuPaul's Drag Race before? Um. I have, uh, and we even tried to start it this season, but I, I just found it, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's just not for well, me. This was a bad it's season. Not, I mean, yeah. we we watched the one episode, maybe it was the episode one or episode two, because um, Mark might have already started it, but, and they were doing this thing where they jumped over this this pit of balls or something and had to make this beautiful pose or whatever. No, that's last, that's season six with Ornatia. Oh, that wasn't oh, even this season. Yeah, that was okay. Last season. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's <laughs> I don't blame you, but you're at least not vocally negative. I there's an unfortunate group in the gay community that think that drag queens are hurting our community. Mm-hmm. That we are the blackface, um soft shoe dancing pe- of the gay community. You know what I'm talking about? Like the bojangles the of the gay show. community. Yes, they think that drag queens are are dragging the the gay community back. It's like okay, no, so, I, I, don't, what, are, I don't. I don't. Rednecks that. driving the heterosexual community back. No, we I don't still think like that. to watch them on TV and laugh at them. I just, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest, and 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 Donna, okay. you're gonna you're gonna be uh you're gonna be mad at me about this, well, but for some, it just doesn't seem like. I don't see much talent in someone going out there and lip syncing poorly to some song that someone else wrote, someone else sang, you know, and whatever. And I understand, you know, that there's a talent to the makeup and to the comedy Mm -hmm. aspect and to the dancing and stuff. I understand, but I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't do it for me. So, you know, whatever. I tried uh, that's, one that's of my. Just, I mean, that's just one type of drag. I guarantee that. There, I mean, we'll see. And you went to uh, Divas with us, and Divas was very much lip syncing. I, I guarantee that there are drag shows where you will see people sing live, or you will see real talent and people doing things that are not just lip syncing. And you'd be like, okay, these girls are entertaining. It's just the drag shows around you are just not those kind of shows. But, you know, Adam Burns loves comedy. So I think he would like Bianca Del Rio, who's really just a stand up insult comic dressed as a woman. I mean, it's she's Lisa Lampanelli just yeah. with Dick and far skinnier. And and that part of it, I do think is is talent when when, you know, drag queens are, are comedians as well. Like um, Divas, the host, I get Frank Marino or whatever his yeah. uh, stage name is. He was very funny. Or she was very, whatever, I, you know, I need to say. That's the other thing, you know. Oh, she, he, what, what, which do I say? But, but yeah, no, I do not enjoy watching drag shows for the most part. That's fine. I mean, and that's perfectly fine. I mean, some people love them. Some people hate them. Okay. That's fine. I don't like watching Swamp People, but I know some people love that show. Adam, Donna, Adam's sitting right there. I didn't say he was a swamp person. Oh. He is from Arkansas. Are there swamps so, in Arkansas, Adam? Um, 
Not so much. I mean, maybe maybe marshy there, areas. There's is there bass fish? Isn't it bass fishing where they just put their hand in the hole? <laughs> what? You, have you never seen the show? No. I, uh, I saw no, one it's called, clip, but um, I'm like, it's they put their hands in like fish nests or something. They put their hands in these holes, and the fish will like swallow your hand and then you pull your hand out and you've got a fish on your hand it's like and you caught a fish oh my adam that's a good question adam what is the most rednecky thing that you do (laughs) it's called daniel's like what does this have to do with drag it's called noodling by the way noodling yeah um and and one thing that is popular where i'm from is something called frog gigging and frog uh, gigging what's that frog gigging and you go out with big um pitchfork looking things and you um and you hunt frogs you basically spear them um with this big pitchfork thing and then you yeah cook them and eat them Ugh. Um, do that adam frog legs i you know what i've never i've never eaten frog and uh i've never been gigging my brother used to do it um I said fatherlies are not terrible. You know, I don't know if I do anything that's especially redneck. I have a really southern accent, I I suppose, as as Joe, you remind me all the time. I, I apparently sound like Scarlett O'Hara. See, now, um, I would say that you work at Walmart, but you work in the corporate. Like you're like very corporate. Yeah, I work I work in a, a techno in a big huge um kind of yeah. office complex. Where they sell like the Nintendos and the video games, right? <laughs> right, exactly. I, I No, like I have to give him the fact that like he's insanely smart and it goes to Aww. stereotypes where it's like everyone hears that accent and automatically assumes something but it's like no adam knows more than anybody else when it comes to electronics and programming like him and daniel i hear them talk sometimes i'm like i have no fucking clue what the two of them are talking about what's happening what well thank doing? you i'm not i'm not sure what I, what i do that's redneck I, um when i was what little you think about it? when oh, i was okay. little I, we I used one. to go um, trot lining. Uh, I really enjoy it. I don't do it anymore, but so basically, um, to catch fish, you, you string a line across the river. Um, you, you find, um, uh, narrower sections of the river and you basically tie a line to one tree and then tie it to the other tree. And this line has hooks every two or three feet. And then what you do is you, you, you know, bait each one of those hooks. You may have, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 hooks on this line going, stretching all the way across the river. And then you'll go back to the camp and, you know, uh, roast marshmallows around the fire, drink beer or whatever, you know, talk to everybody, just have a good time. And then after a few hours, you go check your lines. And so you'll go back and everywhere you've put a line, you'll check it and see if you caught any fish. That was one of my favorite things to do. You're not actually you know, using a pole and casting a line and doing all that boring stuff. You're just like, you go back, hang out at the campfire, you know, whatever. And then every few hours you go back and plus you stay up all night doing this because the best time to do it is like in the middle of the night. So when I was younger, I used to love it. They would let you stay up with them and, you know, hang out by the fire. And I don't do that anymore. But and I like to go canoeing. Oh, my God. We're still talking about this. And I like to go canoeing. Is that a redneck thing? I don't. <laughs> on the main stage, RuPaul walks down the runway in this week's Glamazon Couture. After some small talk with Ross and Michelle, Ru introduces this week's judges, Nelson Ellis and Leanne Rhymes. Donna, any thoughts on those judges? Um, Nelson Ellis, I think everyone, I don't know anything about his personal life, but everyone knows him from playing the gay character in True Blood. Mm-hmm. 
he's not that character in real life. Just so y'all know, uh, he doesn't wear fabulous makeup and it's kind of sassy. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's a straight black dude. Like, yeah, he's probably like, I don't what know. the fuck am I? What is going on here? Yeah. Um, what I will say is that RuPaul's um wig was a little weird. Oh, and her makeup was a little weirder. So something was not working in her facial region. Don't did know what you, it was. Did you see the preview for next week? I did not. I'm kind of excited. There seems to be some sort of like 70s disco star booty look going. Oh, I love Rue. star booty. Yeah. Such a good movie. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Now it's time for our favorite part of the show. Donna's runway look breakdown. Okay, uh, Miss Fame is giving you the same shit that we've seen far too many times before. It's time for you to go, bitch. Stop drawing some lines on your face and pack. Okay, uh, Jaden Dior Fierce is giving you some home-sewn disco realness. Looks like he's getting <laughs> fucked in the ass uh, by a, a tall, sexy white dude. Um, yeah, Kennedy and Jasmine. This is some some ugly Siamese twins, like giving some five head. I don't understand. It's really ugly. Um, girl, this is really some beauty and the beast because these are ugly twin. Like, Pearl, why did you have to be the pretty twin? Uh, and Max. <laughs> It's so good to see Max in any color of wig other than gray and black. She looks so good in blonde. You almost can't tell the two of them apart, which I can't tell is a compliment to Max or an insult to Violet. A gingerman <laughs> and Sasha Bell. Um, yeah, connected at the tits. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's no joke in there. It's just it, it, the entire thing is a, is a joke. And uh, Katya and Kasha Davis. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen this exact woman on the bus to Reno. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine Donna on a bus to Reno. I've I've been on. I should have said Vegas because I've been on a bus to Vegas and oh, as have I. Every this looks like every one of those like if they were a little more leathery skinned, this is like every old bitter like drinking newport in their mouth like oh selling their gold from work <laughs> to get more money to play on the slots yeah oh god <laughs> it's hysterical to me during the judges critiques rupaul asks miss fame once again about her head but this time miss fame finally gets the joke miss fame how's your head I've never had any complaints. Oh, good. <laughs> Got it! I am so proud of it you. It took me weeks. Eight episodes. Adam, did you, Adam Burns, did you get that joke? Yeah, I got it. So I, for, for a second, when you guys first started talking about it, I was like, Donna, I was like, what is the joke there? But then I was thinking, I was like, oh, sexual. But I yeah. was trying to I was trying to think of something like I would try to make a, a, a joke about somehow about it being taped between my legs or something. But yeah. I, I don't know how to make that joke. But that's what was coming to my mind or it being big, fat and bulbous or something. I, I don't know. But yes, I get the joke. It's taped somewhere by my butthole. Yeah. Yeah. You could have done that. I think the yeah. joke was that it took her so it took her weeks and weeks and weeks for her to get the joke. I can't believe none of the other queens tipped her off to it. Uh, someone had to have. Well, no, no, they really? did. They definitely someone had did. to have. After Either Rue that or the her. producer's like, hey, shithead, it's about giving head, bitch. 
Yeah, I think about that thing you did to get on the show. <laughs> next, the judges read Jaden Dior Fierce and Tempest DuJour. All right, next up, Jaden Dior Fierce and Tempest DuJour. Your legs stretch up to the heavens. Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the concept was really cute. It's a bit basic. It's just, uh, it's a tough stage for y'all to be on tonight. During the judges' deliberations, we learn even more. Jane Dior Fierce and Tempest Du Jour. Standing next to the other queens on this stage here, it didn't stack up. I wanted something more, and I think they could have brought it. All right, Donna, read us on Jaden Dior Fierce, Tempest Du Jour. Do you think Tempest brought down Jaden? Do you think it was all Jaden? What are your thoughts on the reason they failed here in the competition? Um, I think that, unfortunately, I think Tempest actually did hurt Jaden because Tempest is a sewer. And I guarantee he made that outfit. Yeah. But it was that outfit that was just kind of cheap. And it looked... It, it looked, looked really cheap. cheap. It did. Yeah. So it 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 really brought them down. They c- could have connected in a different way. Uh, the one thing that nobody did, nobody connected by the head. Yeah. Or connected by the wig. Like, yeah. just have, like, one big, long wig connecting to each other. Like, oh, that would have been funny. Thing. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that the two of them aren't funny. So they had a difficult time being funny and creative. Yeah. Like, I think they're both creative in their own ways, but not in this sense. Yeah. I just think, yeah. And, and Jane, yeah, it's, it, as we saw with her, uh, Raven Simone from last week is not particularly funny and doesn't have a really good sense, actual sense of what humor is. And again, t- uh, you know, match it with teacher Tempest de Jour. And it's not going to make for a very comical uh, duo. Let's move on to George, uh, Ginger Minge and Sasha Bell joined at the nipples are next to be read by the judges. Next up, Ginger Minge and Sasha Bell, a.k.a. A Tale of Two Titties. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea. I'm not crazy about the execution. There's something white on the bottom of your boobs, Ginger. What is it? It might be hot glue. I hot glued this to me. Mm. The boobs, I wish they looked more like breasts. Uh, And uh, the criticism continued during the judge's deliberation. Ginger Minge and Sasha Bell. I couldn't get past the costume, the construction. One of the reasons I don't think I minded how shoddy it was is because it was giving me almost like a John Waters re- uh-huh. like kind of thing. And yeah. that was always low budget. Yeah, but the attitude, I don't feel like actually sold that. It just felt, no pun intended, flat. What were your thoughts on uh, Ginger Minge and Sasha Bell? Did Sasha Bell hurt Ginger Minge? Yes, but I think Gingerman's also hurt herself by not, like, not getting her partner to help her. Like, I mean, really, if we spend all this time complaining and and you see that she hot glued it, bitch, you knew which side you were going to be. You knew where they were going to. You knew where you were going to be standing during the deliberation. You did you purposely put some hot glue there so that they would point it out? So you can be like, well, my partner didn't help me and I didn't have a chance. Like that's what I was kind of waiting for. I was really waiting for her to throw Sasha under the bus. So, uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Do you, do you think that she did maybe, and they didn't put it in the show or I'm surprised it didn't could happen. Could very actually. well be. Like, it could very well be. 
I wouldn't be surprised with the way she operates. Huh. Interesting. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing with Ginger, though. I feel like you're right. Ginger is Ginger's one of these people who she's going to, like, be passive aggressive and throw a temper tantrum. She's probably mad from the outside. So she's going to like, well, fine. I'm going to not do well on this. You know, it's one of these people who uh, drinks poison and expects the other person to die. So she's going to hurt herself because she's not happy and she's going to teach you a lesson. And so she probably was actually very passive aggressive about this. And like, well, you know, if they're going to be like this, I'm not going to ask Sasha Bell to help me. It's going to be very. She thought that might help her case later. Now, what's funny is yesterday. So I watched this show yesterday after recording my podcast. So me and Joey actually sat down and watched it. Uh, my other, the other Joey. And I, what I said at this moment was, this reminded me of Pandora Box, first, uh, the all-star season, yeah. where she hated her partner so much that she sabotaged herself, and she was the first one to go home. Yes. That's, that's the impression I got with Ginger Minch. I could see that in this case, it happened to work out in Ginger's favor, but uh, you're right. I, I, I don't think it was any different. I think Pandora Box also quit, too. Uh, RuPaul calls the girls back to the main stage and announces the winner. Well, I'm sorry, the winners of the competition. Pearl, as a conjoined twin, the judges found you creepy and sad. Pearl, congratulations. You are the winner of this week's challenge. Trixie Mattel, that means you're back in the race, girl. <laughs> I'm back. Yay. I thought I was fourth episode queen. Bye. I thought it was Mimi I'm first. And now I'm Mimi I'm second chance. Oh, I want to play a really quick uh, clip before we get to the discussion. They gave Pearl her prize. Now, Pearl's from New York City. Listen to her prize. Pearl, you've won your very own custom website from Squarespace, plus a fabulous weekend in New York City. Oh, hey. What? You live there, bitch? Why? That is the worst okay. price, a free website and a, a trip to now, New York City? Now, do you know why this is such a deep read uh, against the show? And me, me and Joey uh, yesterday both looked at each other because we both saw this. Squarespace is the sponsor of RuPaul's podcast. Yeah. Like, girl. And untucked. You don't got you don't got no you you don't got any other sponsors? Like w- that's kind of a weird thing. Like who has their own website like that anymore? I don't Not- know. That's what uh, do drag yeah, do drag queens I think feel like drag queens mostly use Facebook now for um, what they need to do. Drag queens really use social media. They use social media sites and Instagram and things like that, and that's how you get people out there because you don't get more popular from having people come to your website. You get more popular from getting followers and likes and shares and things like that. I'm going to actually go on Square and, and they're like, oh, Squarespace is going to meet with you. I'm going to actually look It's up. great. No, it's an absolutely great website. But not for it's, drag queens. It's expensive. Yeah, you know, I was going to sign up for it at one point, and uh, uh, it it is expensive. Now, I'm looking up Pearl right now on the computer. Uh, It says Facebook, Tumblr, her wiki. I don't see a Squarespace ad close, even anywhere near the top. I don't see what Instagram. There's Paul. You know what? Maybe I'm going to go to her Instagram. I might have a website on there. But I want to see what her Squarespace looks like. Oh, it does? It probably doesn't. 
Because she probably didn't do it. Shopperlliaison.com. It doesn't even, but you know what? It doesn't, it's not, and it's powered by Shopify. There is no Squarespace website. She doesn't have one. Interesting. Interesting. Just all I'm saying. Moving on, RuPaul announces the bottom two. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Trixie Mattel. She's coming back. Donna, what are your thoughts? Do you think she's going to last long? Do you think she's going to go to the distance? Do you think that was a good choice? Tell me what you think about uh, Trixie Mattel coming back. I think that this is vindication for her. I think that the reason that the clear winner of this challenge, um, Katya, did not win is because the producers do have a say in who comes back to the show. And they clearly wanted Trixie back because that is what the vast majority of the fans of RuPaul's Drag Race wanted. So the fans got what we wanted. Yeah, there was a narrative already set. Because you're right, Katya and Kasha Davis, hands down should have won the competition meaning i don't think mrs kasha davis should come back i mean i think it was all katya but meaning uh that would mean mrs kasha davis would have to come back and they didn't want to do that they wanted someone who's a real contender and so they brought back miss trixie but i'm gonna go i'm gonna be a little opposite than you i do differ with you and daniel here i've seen her stuff and even on the show i don't think trixie's that funny this is I think we have not had the opportunity to see her funny on her own. I think that the challenges she got it voted off for, she had to make a team funny, which is where she had a problem. I guarantee if you give her a comedy challenge on her own, you will see why people say she's funny. Okay. If you look at her videos on YouTube, she's hysterical. So... I don't know. I've seen her videos in YouTube. I only seen lip sync videos. I'm like, uh, it's like one of these things where she puts on funny glasses or a funny. Maybe I'll have to, I'll have Daniel or you send me clips that I think I should watch. I've only seen a few, but it's always like, look at me in these funny shoes, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's not, it's not funny. Moving on, RuPaul announces the bottom two contestants. Jane Dior Fierce, your disco inferno did not set the judges' pussies on fire. I'm sorry, my dear, but you are up for elimination. Ginger Minch, you served tatas with ha-has, but the execution was womp-womp. Ginger Minch, I'm sorry, my dear, but you are up for elimination. Two sets of conjoined queens stand before me. Ladies, this is your last chance to impress me and save yourself from elimination. The time has come. Could you lip sync for your life? Good luck and don't fuck it up. Okay, now, Donna, I know where you stand on this, but I have to ask the question. Did Rue put the right two people in the bottom two. No. Um, I unfortunately, un- unfortunately, I think that the I, I have to think that Rue or the producers or someone made a conscious decision. Uh, Jaden is not a terrible lip syncer. Uh, Fame has yet to be on the bottom. She has yet to lip sync. She doesn't do that. They like Fame. They knew if you put Fame up against Jaden that Jaden would wipe the floor with her. 
So they put someone who they know was a better performer, who was slightly less bad in the bottom. But the tomfoolery, the the fuckery that happened during that lip sync with Ginger Minj mm-hmm. cutting her tits off, ripping her wig off, yeah. walking around topless, should have sent her ass packing. Oh, you did not like it. It was it was funny, but at the same time, it was embarrassing. Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, believe it or not, I agree with you. So I, it was it, one of these things where I thought it was outrageous and weird, but I was like, this is uncomfortable. They read people for taking off their shoes, for constantly ripping off their wigs. Well, bitch ripped off her tits and did everything. By the end of it, she really was just a she really was a topless Danny DeVito just standing there trying to lip sync. It well, just didn't work. Well, it was one of those things she was trying to separate herself from Sasha. And so she was like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be with this bitch, but I, I don't know. I didn't think, I thought it read really strange and really weird and not like really. It was extremely strange. It was really, really strange. Kept Rue laughing. So that's what happened. Ginger and Jaden go head to head in one of the weirdest lip syncs ever on the show. After the dust settles, RuPaul announces her decision. Ginger Minch. Shantae, you stay. (laughs) You may join the other girls. Jane Dior, your first, middle, and last name should be fierce. Your passion brought you here. Share it with the world. Now, sachet away. Thank you so much. I'm just so happy that I got to have this experience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, baby. Work that puss. I'm a little bit devastated, but I feel like I stayed as strong as I could, and I learned a lot about myself. I learned that I just want to be loved and accepted for who I am, truly. Okay. First of all, let me ask you, Donna, I know your thoughts on this, but in a few words, did the right person go home? Mm-hmm. That was the uh, worst uh, words possible. I, I, I'm just, I'm just gonna say yes because Jaden has been on the bottom so many times. Yeah, it, they wanted her to go home, so she went home. Um, they were laughing. They they laughed at Ginger, and it kept them entertained, which it is about entertaining. Even though I don't approve of the kind of shit she pulled on that stage, whatever. Adam it's Burns, over. did the right person go home? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely no, oh my no, god yes okay i wish daniel were here because this is something we bitched about with mrs kasha davis where they didn't have us hear her say there's always time for a cocktail till she left and then kasha said it a billion times during her untucked uh exit interview same thing here clearly Jaden was trying to make a, a a phrase here with like this what did she say about the puss do it for the puss or something like that. I don't know what it was. Clearly, this is her catchphrase. Clearly, she's making t-shirts. Clearly, there's a song coming till, out. Clearly, she's waiting, to, she's waiting until tomorrow before she comes out as transgender. Yeah, exactly. So, I but hate... But she's actually she's coming out as a lesbian boy. <laughs> well, you know, I actually went to a meeting once with nothing but transgendered women, and they were all lesbians. And it seemed, I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, I guess Bruce Jenner will be lesbian as well, won't she? Hey, hey. 
I am not discussing Bruce Jenner until Friday after the oh, interview. Oh, there's an interview on Friday. Okay. Everyone keeps okay. asking me about it until Diane Sawyer asks him the question and he answers it. I am not commenting. Right. We will hold on. We will hold on till next week. Donna, any final thoughts on the episode? Any predictions for the future? Anything uh, that you have to say about wrapping up the show? I have no predictions. I have no feelings about the future of the show. Right now, this episode was so calculated and so manufactured, Yeah, if that's the right word, that... It's kind of just left me like, ugh, I, I, I'm kind of like in withdrawal. Like, I just need to get this episode out of my mind and hope that next week is something fun and good so that we can move on from this fuckery that was this episode. You know what I think you're touching on? And it's something that we got a hint of last season, and I think we're seeing it even more in spades this season, is it's seeming less like a competition and more like a predetermined, predestined crowning of a queen that they want to put in there. It doesn't. It doesn't seem necessarily like that. The that the that everything is even and equal for everybody coming into this competition. That they clearly have favorites, even going in, and they're they pretty much are gonna, you know, brush along like, the people they like want. Like any reality show, I will say, just just to wrap this up quickly. Like every reality show we have ever seen in the history of reality shows, some of it is manufactured to create drama. Some people are kept who should not have been kept as long as they have because they create drama that makes people want to watch. So you have to have some shitty people last way too long to keep people watching. Yeah. So a, a true competition does not exist. Now, according to – that is a great final word. But according to our uh, – our, our, esteemed missing co-host Daniel, he had about four emails to read, but he did not put them in here. So we cannot read them today. I know one of them. We'll get sounded, to them next week. We'll get to them next week. One of them sounded really cool, uh, Donna. One of them was from, and I hope if, if you're listening, we'll get to your email next week from a person who for some reason I think is a girl and I have no idea why, but she listens to the show and she's from the South, I believe. And she listens with her mother because her mother's the only person she knows who watches this show. And so she watches RuPaul's Drag Race. And so listening to the podcast gives her a sense of talking about it with friends because she has none from where she lives. I'm no. making this up as a woman, but I'm excited to read this email. But let's but, but, go see ahead. what's fascinating is that my my parents, I mean, before my everything that happened with my dad, my parents loved the show. They love Drag Race. My brother watched Drag Race be like oh my gosh what happened and it was like oh my god what did manila do like i mean they were really into the show yeah my friends chris and mercedes were really into the show they were big jinx monsoon fans oh well yeah but let's uh, let's taste. let's go here well well thank you for joining us for another recap of rupaul's drag race visit our website pride48.com slash rdrr where you can find all of our contact information leave us a comment and find all of our old episodes so until next week for donna sugars uh, the missing Daniel Brewer and myself. Sashay away until next week. <laughs>